Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Hello. I am one of those women that Doyle talked strong to. And I want to show you, in fact, Doyle and I don't talk about what we're going to speak. I mean, sometimes on Sunday mornings he'll tell me what he's going to do. But he does not know what I'm going to do. But God arranged this. I want you to turn with me to Hebrews 12. I'm going to give you a testimony about how God led me through some correction. And this correction will help you too. If you will go to Hebrews 12 verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation that speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise thou not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For, uh, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And he scourges every son whom he receiveth. That includes daughters also. If you endure chastening, if you endure it, if you endure it, God dealeth with you as with sons. If you endure it, but you have to endure it. It says, if you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Verse 8, but if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. If you are not willing to let God correct you, then you are a bastard. You are not a son of God. The years ago, back in the 90s, we were here one time in the sanctuary. We would get together and pray. I cannot remember if it was a prayer meeting or a service. We had both all the time. And we, God was bringing us into the gospel. And I remember Doyle was sitting here on the platform, and I said something. I was about three feet from him. And there was a group standing around, and we were talking. He was sitting. I was standing. And I said something, and Doyle looked at me, and he said, You know what your problem is, Kathy? He said, you are full of witchcraft, you are full of pride, and all you want is attention. Now, that's a way to get to my heart. That's what a prophet of God said. Did you hear how he started speaking? He said he was called as a prophet from his mother's womb. That's what a prophet said to me. That is what a prophet said to me. I had a choice. I could either be offended in Doyle. Or I could consider what he said. And I went home and I started considering what he said because I knew God sent me to water of life. I knew the man was a prophet. He had already proved it to me in other ways. And so I went home and I started considering what he said. And God told me, go to Isaiah 1. And I want us to turn there. This is what God spoke to me about after a prophet told me I was full of witchcraft, full of pride, and all I, want, all I wanted was attention. Now, verse 1, the vision of Isaiah the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. In other words, listen, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. I have nourished and brought up children and they have rebelled against me. Do you know that you're owned by God? Let's keep going. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. 
Every time I read this, the ox knoweth his owner, I am reminded of a, of a bull that used to live about a mile from me. I, li- I grew up in a small town in Ohio, and I lived kind of toward the center of town, but the farm started right after a couple of houses. It was a, it was a dairy area. And this house, it was behind, if I looked out my back door, several fields over, you could see the pasture of this farm. It was by the crow flies, it was about a half half a mile. They had a bull, a big old mean bull. Everybody left that bull alone. And they had no problem of people walking through their pasture because the bull was there and he wasn't a nice bull. And I remember on two occasions, that bull got out. It got out of its fence. And when it got out of its fence, everybody went in their house. Everybody left the area. They left the bull alone, except the owner. The owner was a woman not much bigger than me. She owned that bull. And she would take a pie pan, an aluminum pie pan, this big. She would, uh, you know, just a little nine-inch pie pan. She'd put some oats in it, and she'd go after that bull. That bull was on the street. I remember she went down the street. She had that pie pan, and she'd call that bull by name. She'd go, come here, honey. Come here, honey. And you know that bull followed her home like a puppy dog. She'd walk it to the fence, and she'd put it in, and that was one little happy bull. The bull knew its owner. The bull knew who took care of it. The bull knew who fed it. The bull knew who took care of it. We are God's children, and we don't know our owner. Did you know you are owned by God? Do you know that Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. Do you know that God owns you? And you say, Well, He doesn't own me. I'm not a Christian. God's not a Christian either. He's God. Who do you think created you? Who do you think created the ground you walk on? You are owned by God. And many, many of us don't know who our owner is. Now, let's go on. The ox knoweth his owner and the ass his master's crib. I grew up in dairy country. You know, you could leave those cattle, those dairy cows out in the pasture. And when it was time to milk, they'd be at the gate waiting for you. And then you'd open up the gate and every one of those cows would go into the barn and they knew exactly where their stall was. A cow. Do we know where we belong? It says... The ox and the ass knows his master's crib, but Israel does not know. Israel does not know. We don't know who our owner is. We don't know where we belong. It says, but my people does not consider. Now, this is God speaking to me. He said, Kathy, read Isaiah 1. He said, this is you. This is you. Now, I am a born-again baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, Christian. And God tells me, read Isaiah 1, this is you. It says, I didn't know who my owner was. And then it says, ah, sinful nation. That means woe, woe, sinful nation. A people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One to anger. And they have gone away backward. 
Look at this next phrase. This is the one, this next, this next verse got me. He said, why should you be stricken anymore? Why should you be stricken anymore? Do you hear what that says? There is a day with God. He will leave you alone. There is a day with God. He will plead with you and plead with you. And there is a day that he will leave you alone. He said, Ephraim's joined to his idols. Let him alone. Let him alone. Thank God that's not today. Thank God that is not today. That is not today. God, his hand is stretched out to stretch out still to you. But look what you look like. He said, why should you be stricken anymore? Why you will revolt more and more. But I'm a Christian. I'm a born again, baptized in the Holy Ghost. And God is telling me, why should you be stricken anymore? Why? Because of my rebellion. Do you know you can sit in that pew every Sunday your whole life and still go to hell? Did you know that? Did you know that every time that door opens, you could be in church and you can still go to hell? Did you know that? Do you know who your owner is? Do you know where you belong? Let's read on. This is what God was telling me. From the sole of the foot, even under the head, there is no soundness in it. Listen to this. This is God describing me. Sweet little Christian, a lovely little godly woman. This is how God saw me. He said, from the sole of my foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. That's what God was telling me. This is what you look like to me. This is what you look like to me. Listen to that again. He said, from the sole of my foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it. But wounds and bruises and putrefying sores, they have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. You know what? This was one scared woman. This was one scared woman because this was the Spirit of God talking to me. This was God that met me in my home, and he's telling me, this is what your rebellion is to me. This is what your pride is. This is what that witchcraft is. This is what you wanting to have attention. This is what you look like to me. You know, that, when that happened that day, I can tell you where I was standing. I stopped eating that day. I went on an immediate fast because, frankly, I didn't know what God was going to do with me. He was telling me, you are full of witchcraft, you are full of pride, and you all you want is attention. I didn't know if he was going to destroy me. So the only thing I knew to do was to go on a fast. And for 10 days, I fasted, and I prayed, and I asked God for mercy, and I asked God all the mercy he could muster. And I want you to show you something. Turn with me to Galatians 3. One. Can you believe that these words are in the Bible? Do you believe that these words are in the Bible? Do you have enough courage to read them? 
to Galatians chapter 3. Oh, foolish Galatians. These are Christians. This is a church that Paul is talking to. A church, a whole church. He says, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Bewitched you? Witchcraft? I thought witchcraft was only for Halloween. Paul is telling a whole church who has bewitched you. How'd you get in witchcraft? What is witchcraft? Look the word up. It means led away to err by an evil eye. Led away into error. Led away into untruth. Led away into error. And that's what Paul was telling him. Who has bewitched you that you have not obeyed the truth that you have not obeyed the truth a whole church wasn't obeying the church the truth and you know what God was telling me I wasn't obeying the truth I was not obeying the truth well what is the truth read the next phrase it says oh foolish Galatians who has bewitched you you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been set forth among you uh, ev evidently set forth, crucified among you. Crucified among you. What's the truth? Jesus crucified. Amen. Jesus crucified. Turn with me to Ephesians 1, verse 13. In whom also you trusted, after that you heard the word of truth. Here's the word of truth. Here's the truth. You have Galatians, who has bewitched you? You should not obey the truth. Now we're going to find out what the truth is. Now we're going to find out what Kathy D. wasn't obeying. What wasn't she obeying? In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. The gospel of your salvation. I wasn't obeying the gospel. What is the gospel? 1 Corinthians 15. Joel spoke it at the beginning. 3 and 4. This is the gospel. That Jesus died according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he was raised again according to the scriptures. That is the truth. That's the truth. Go back with me to Galatians 3. I want to point something out to you. It says, oh, foolish Galatians, who should bewitch you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ had been evidently set forth among you? This only would I learn of you. Did you receive the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Holy Ghost and are now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it yet be in vain? Do you hear it can be vain for you to believe? You can believe and stop believing, and it becomes worthless. It becomes vain. Now, look at verse 5. He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doeth he by the works of law or by the hearing of faith. Miracles? Miracles? Do you mean that there are miracles today? Miracles. Do you get your miracles by the Holy Ghost or do you get your miracles by walking in the flesh and trying to obey the Ten Commandments? That's what Paul's saying. Miracles among you. Are you in a church that doesn't have miracles? You know, the gospel is preached in this church. And that's the only thing that is preached in this church is the gospel. I would like everybody here, when I say so, if you would shout amen if you've ever had a miracle in your life. Have you ever had a miracle in your life? Amen. 
You know why? Because the gospel's preached. Because the gospel's preached. Miracles come with the gospel. The gospel. And God was telling me, Kathy, you are not obeying the gospel. You look this way to me in Isaiah 1. I walked the streets for 10 days, praying, worshiping, asking God to have mercy on me. And you know what? Let's turn back to Isaiah 1. 10 days later, God visited me again. And he read these, he said, he talked to me about this again, about Isaiah 1. And he talked about verse 5 and 6. Why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. You don't understand. I was standing in my driveway and I was shaking, shaking because the God of heaven and the God of Jesus was talking to me and I wasn't sure what the outcome was going to be. And he said, from the sole of the foot, even under the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises. That bruises is stripes, stripes, marks of the stroke on the skin, bruises, and putrefying sores. Putrefying sores is a new wound, a new opening, wet, dripping blood. That's a putrefying sore. That's what God said to me. And you know what the next thing he said to me was? He said, and that's what Jesus looked like when he paid for your witchcraft and your pride and your wanting attention. He said to me on that driveway, he said, that's what my son looked like when he paid for your sin, for your witchcraft, for your pride, and for your always wanting attention. Did you hear how glorious that was? God was telling me right there, Jesus paid for you. I dropped to my knees and I started weeping because I realized God was forgiving me and he started setting me free that day, that minute on the driveway. He started setting me free from the witchcraft, the being led astray, the not believing the gospel, the pride and the always wanting attention. Now, some of you know why for 30 years I was so quiet. That's what God did for me. And you know what? He looked the same for you. The stripes he took were for you, for your rebellion, for your witchcraft, for your being prideful and not knowing who your owner was. That the stripes were for you, that the wounds were for you, that, for the, that the putrefying sores, the blood that Jesus shed was for you, for you. Your life is in a mess. It was for you to get you out of the mess. The wounds, the bruises, the sores were to get you out of your mess and to bring you back to your owner, to reconcile you to the Father. Now, what do you have to do? You have to thank God for it, and you have to be born again. Jesus said, you must be born again. How are you born again? Open your mouth. Talk to God. Call on the name of Jesus. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. I believe you were raised from the dead, and you shall. Be safe. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, post office box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. 
Until next time, God bless. Thank you.